Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon without any ads or with ads on our main feed. We're here on a Monday, which means there has been a WWE PLE, which we are here to talk about. Uh, my name is Kenny, joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right, Kenny. Yeah, doing all right. Not doing so bad. You've just been away again, been uh, across <laughs> to the mainland. Kenny constantly on holiday, Macintosh. I mean, it sounds like it, but you know, the thing is, I've got a very, very stressful week ahead of me. I've got oh, really? Sergeant Slaughter on Thursday and Friday. Then I've got Trish next Monday and Tuesday. So I've got to have my wits about me. So I, you know, it was, it was nice. Amsterdam's Amsterdam's a really good city to to go to, and it's it's also quite cheap to go to, which is good because. You know, like a flight from Glasgow to Amsterdam is like a hundred quid return. Wow! So, because KLM just do like five flights a day or something, so it's not that expensive to go to. You know, it's and then we we stayed like in like an apartment in a hotel, but it was like twenty five minutes away from the, the the main bit, so you could just get a tram 
to and from it. So it was a relatively inexpensive trip. So we got back yesterday and we're here to talk about because uh, I actually I actually when we were there, I said, guys, I'm going to watch because they, they were all going to go out. I've been to Amsterdam loads of times, so I've kind of seen all the things that I, I, I desperately want to see. So whenever I go now, it's just more just to relax and have a nice time. And yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to watch Elimination Chamber. At, 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 it was 11 a.m. Uh, on Saturday because we'd all been drinking. We're all quite rough on the, sun, the Saturday morning. I said, I'm just going to sit, watch Elimination Chamber. So I sat and watched it uh, live and then went and met the guys afterwards for some drinks. And then we went on a pizza cruise thing. Oh, wow. Where you just, you're on a cruise for 90 minutes and you can have beer or wine or soft drinks, whatever you want, for as, well, as many as you want while you are still standing, uh, and a pizza. So it was uh, very, and it was only like 33 euros per person to do that. So not a bad price at all. Sounds but, very civilized, Kenny. Yes. Yeah. Very unlike me. But uh, we're here to talk about, <laughs> uh, we should mention you have been voluxed. But once, so we've got one more to go, but we will we'll keep people updated on oh, how it's yeah, all well, going. That's it. Yeah, yeah, they arrived today, they've done one of them. Supposedly they're doing the other tomorrow, but they might not be because it looks like it's going to rain all week, so it might be next week. So the house is in chaos. But that doesn't matter anyway. We're here to talk about SmackDown, Elimination Chamber, you know, and Elimination Chamber, Kenny. No chaos there. Our no. predictions, I think we may well have achieved a clean sweep. We did. We, we we achieved a clean sweep all across the board. Uh, so, I mean, I did want to ask you, is there anything you want to talk about from the SmackDown the night before? It was taped. There wasn't really anything on that show that has stood the test of time past Elimination Chamber, really. I mean, we had Liv Morgan and Tiffany Stratton in a match for Stratton 1. We did get that. Yeah. But then, you know, Stratton had such a good show at Elimination Chamber that we'll talk about in a minute that... You know, nobody's really talking about that anymore. I mean, um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent match, and Stratton won. And uh, hang on a minute, what about Ashante the Adonis and Cedric Alexander and all their outfits they tried on, Kenny? Well, do you know what? I, I, years ago, I was very hard on Cedric Alexander on this podcast, and I, and you know, I I'm a man to admit when I'm wrong. I'm not wrong here, but I'm willing to say that the outfit stuff has made him marginally more interesting. So that's a win, really. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would rather watch two hours of Cedric Alexander and Ashanti Adonis do anything than watch Carrion Cross and his goons ever again. Because mm, yes. Carrion Cross has now also ruined Authors of Pain for me. Yeah, you pretty much. Yeah, it's it's basically over, isn't it? <laughs> and street profits as well by association suddenly seem less interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just the reverse Midas touch. That's what Carrion Cross has. And I have no idea why they are, you know, still prolonging our agony. I mean, it's talk about an exercise in futility. This is not going to work. This has got to be the last chance saloon for him, surely. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to see anyone out of a job. But I mean, I'm sorry, there's so many people waiting for his spot that are going to be more interesting than him. So, yeah, I'd rather see somebody else on SmackDown than Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross is a dead loss. 
And I'm sure if Karrion Cross was to was to leave, he could go back to Impact. You know, they'd take him back. And, you know, maybe he can do something over maybe, there. But Maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, they've probably got a load of, you know, convention work. There's probably all sorts of things they can do. But, I mean, he needs... Who, who the hell is going to a convention to meet Karrion Cross? I well... Mean... Yeah, it's a good, good, good point. Yeah, maybe Scarlet. I mean, the thing is, we've talked about this before, so let's not belabor the point. Mm-hmm. Scarlet has personality and can be a star, but oh. she's just got to detach herself from Carrion Cross in order for her star to rise. Yeah. And because they're together in real life, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Well, I'm going to do a segue so we don't keep talking about it. Speaking of stars on the rise, Braun Breaker made his in-ring debut on SmackDown. Uh, beating Dante Chen in like a minute. Uh, I mean, do you think they have plans for Braun at WrestleMania? Because it would be quite strange. I always think of the example of, do you remember when they brought Samoa Joe up to the main roster like a month before WrestleMania 35? And they had him like beat up Seth Rollins. But he wasn't, he didn't do anything at WrestleMania that year. So he wasn't like involved in anything really. And you kind of of thought, well, what was the point in bringing this guy up who's like, could could do something, or maybe that was twenty eighteen that that happened. Um, when was it? He did no, because he fought Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania thirty five. Oh no, no, no! It was WrestleMania thirty three, a few weeks before WrestleMania thirty three, because it was when Seth Rollins faced Triple H, right. and that was when Samoa got brought up to the main roster. But he got brought up like a month before WrestleMania, wasn't on WrestleMania. But I mean, that was more the Vince era, right? That doesn't yeah. doesn't really happen in the Paul Levesque era. So you've got to assume that if Braun Breaker has been brought up and they're making a big song and a dance about him, he's got to have something to do at, at, at WrestleMania. But I don't really know what that's going to be. Well, I don't either. Because, I mean, we were originally thinking that he was going to challenge Gunter, but Gunter's yep. on Raw. And then, you know, our next prediction uh, was that maybe Breaker would challenge Logan Paul. But after the events of Elimination Chamber... We know that Logan Paul is not going to be wrestling Braun Breaker at WrestleMania. He's going to be wrestling someone with the initials R-K-O. The three most devastating letters in all of sports entertainment. Exactly. Um, So we know that. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what Braun Breaker is going to do at WrestleMania, if anything. I mean, he's still tag team champs with Baron Corbin in NXT. So one would assume they're going to drop the belts at Stand and Deliver. And yeah. that'll be Braun Breaker's last stand in NXT. I mean, that would seem like the natural time for him and Corbin to drop those belts and for Breaker to go full-time on SmackDown, wouldn't it? But as far yeah. as WrestleMania goes, yeah, good point. I don't know what he's going to do there. Nothing, there's nothing obvious leaping to mind. But it does, I mean, make, it does make you think that there must be something because I just don't think Paul Levesque is making that kind of move. Like, why is he bringing Braun Breaker up for, to have nothing to do? Well, I mean, obviously he was a participant in the Royal Rumble. He replaced Brock Lesnar for reasons we don't need to go over again. So maybe you think, well, we we can't have him just turning up at Royal Rumble as like a one-off, like a, you know, Roxanne Perez type thing. You know, it's time to bring it up, bring him up. I and mean, obviously it is time for Bron Breaker to join the main roster. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is possible that he won't do anything at WrestleMania. He'll just do stand and deliver and then his career will begin proper in terms of storyline interaction on the SmackDown after WrestleMania, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It is it is a bit odd, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously, the, we don't see that many squashes on Raw or SmackDown. 
And when they do happen, it's because the person isn't really figured into the creative plans. It's just so they are seen, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's time will tell. We'll know in the next couple of weeks what what the score is going to be with Braun Breaker. Um, The only other thing from SmackDown I think we should just give a brief mention to is the main event was Ellie Knight and Drew McIntyre. And the match got called off because we ended up getting a big fight between the participants of the men's elimination chamber. So that was the the way they closed out the show. Uh, let's dive in to Elimination Chamber itself in Perth, Australia. Uh, it kicked off at 10 a.m. UK time, which a lot of people on social media were very happy about. Mm. And to the did you Amer- watch the kickoff? Uh, I I I I stuck it on about 20 minutes before. The show started so I could watch the the match. Okay, with, what did that. you think of the match? Uh, um, I thought the crowd willed it on. Would be my <laughs> would be my polite term. What did you think of the match? Yeah, I mean, Indy Howell. I mean, she was smiling too much, wasn't she? It was like she came across as a bit of a mark, really, in the ring. It's like, well, this is a tag team title match. It's really the biggest match of your main roster run. It may well go down as the biggest match of your entire career. Would not surprise me if this ends up being the biggest match of her career. And it's like, take it seriously. Stop smiling. Stop being a giddy kipper, as we say in the norm. <laughs> you know, that's exactly how she was. And I can sort of understand why she was so excited and the crowd were behind her. And I mean, I thought the match was okay. I mean, it's better than... <laughs> You know, the matches they've had on TV, but the matches they've had on TV have been, you know, only slightly better than Maxine Dupree's matches, um, sadly. So, you know, at least Indy Howell didn't have to do the job. In the bad old days, Kenny, she would have done the job. She would have been humiliated in front of her home country crowd, wouldn't she? In the bad old days, remember? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But luckily she is... Under a different regime, but yeah, I mean, this was it's, it was interesting because we the the guys were get, when we were on on our trip, the guys were getting ready to to go out when this was on, and they're like non wrestling fans, and they were kind of sitting, you know, watching this and and watching Asuka and Kyrie come out and all that. But once it started, there wasn't really anything to to pique their interest. Whereas no. when whereas they they were around for sort of the first ten minutes of the the opening chamber match, and they were way more interested in that because you could just it felt like it was for something meant something and you're right i mean indy and candace i mean WWE didn't really give them any push to give to to put a bit of blame on them you know there was they should have really had something where they did an angle on the go home show and they had indy kind of talk about how you know she wants to win the title and titles in her home country yeah they they didn't really put in behind it it was a bit of a nothing match uh, to be honest it was you're right and it was just based upon local goodwill I mean, that's what carried this match. There was no storyline support, um, none at all. And, yeah, that's a shame, really, for her. And um, But, I mean, you know, Indy Howell, her offense just looks so weak. And you watch and just like, God, will you give it some welly? (laughs) Those words are just, you know, repeated in my mind over and over again. It's like, will you just put your back into it? Everything you do just looks kind of feeble. And it just gets on my nerves, Kenny, because I swear she was better than this in NXT. Maybe I'm just imagining that. I think she was better in NXT. I think what also helped in NXT was she was involved in a really hot angle. 
and she and she felt that she was a crucial part of that. You know, the thing with her and Dexter Loomis and her being in the way yeah. and having Austin Theory and Gargano in it as well. It kind of feels like with Indy and Candice that it almost reminds me a little bit of when Rikishi and Scotty Too Hot were a tag team. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you've taken part of the act, but the, the essence of the act is not there. Yeah. So you can't really give us half of the act when the better well, not better people, the more over people in it are doing other stuff, like Austin Theory and like Johnny Gargano. But yeah, bit of a useless match, but luckily the main card did not disappoint. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It it, it opened with, I mean, the, the, the stadium looked great. It looked really tip top. They had, you know, almost. I mean, pro- they announced it as over fifty thousand fans, fifty one thousand. I don't think it was far off that as a real number. So it's a pretty big number to be getting for that for one of those shows. And we get the video package highlighting everything that's going on. And then we find that Corey Graves is forty years old. Doesn't look bad for forty, does Corey? No, he looks all right. Yeah, so, he looks all good right. For him. Corey, I always say Corey is a guy that would never have made it as a wrestler. No. You know, obviously it was you know, a terrible shame that his career ended due to concussions, but it ended up actually being, I think, much better for him in terms of career longevity in WWE because he would never have made it as a wrestler. He would have been cut almost immediately. And as an announcer, he's just been this... Rev- I mean, he's been he's really good. Just been, he was really good, actually, almost from the start. So, um, you know, yeah. good for him that he's, you know, hopefully got a lengthy career ahead of him still, and he's already had a great run at this point. So starting off in the pods, we had Bianca Belair, Raquel Rodriguez, Tiffany Stratton, and Liv Morgan. I do want to give Raquel Rodriguez some real props. And this sounds like it's been sarcastic, but I genuinely don't mean it. Obviously, she's had that skin condition that she's been dealing with. Yeah. And apparently it broke out on the on the, the plane. And, you know, it takes takes real guts as a female performer to be able to come out there with no makeup on and just go for it. And I thought she did really well and sort of, it, you know, didn't look phased by it at all. And yeah, I thought she deserves some credit for kind of, you know, fighting through that and, uh, you know, giving it some welly, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been a an eczema sufferer. I know what she had was more serious than what I've ever had. Although I've got to say I did have eczema really bad as a child. And, um, you know, I can I do understand, you know, in a cosmetic in- industry like pro wrestling, where you're just being judged all the time by people everywhere. Um, I imagine that it was, you know, been a real ordeal for her. And, um, you know, I'm glad she's back. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that um, they can find a way of working through this and getting this under control so she can, you know, wear the makeup, 
you know, get back into the whole full-time gym things. I know her condition affected that and she can just go out there and, you know, just feel, you know, really good about herself. Hopefully she feels good about herself anyway. You know, I'm yeah. sure she's received a lot of positive reinforcement from people. And, um, you know, we'd like to add to that here, wouldn't we, Kenny? Yeah. And I thought she looked great. I thought she looked really, I mean, it sounds really corny to say she looked pretty without her makeup, but I, th- I thought she did. I thought she looked really good. And it didn't look like it phased her, so good for her. Uh, yeah. But the two people who were beginning the match were uh, Naomi and Becky Lynch. And I mean, I, I don't know how we do this. Let's just talk about each person and their how they how how they how the match was for them. Let's start off with Naomi. My lord, I mean, she just has not transported the TNA run to this run yet. It's just not really got there for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm so disappointed that she's not involved in the bloodline thing. I mean, I know she, you could say, well, she's a natural face, and she is because she is likable, and she has, you know, real sunny disposition to her. You can just imagine her as being amazing at, like, um, you know, make a wish and personal and public appearances. You can imagine she'd really light up the room. Um, and so I've, inter- I've interviewed her. She's so nice. She's such a warm person. It's like her energy just radiates and makes you happy so but at the same time you know put that to the side for a couple of months love and get involved with roman reigns and the rock well exactly we've seen that we've seen that before and it's like this is just old ground and you know we talked about this or written about this it's like you know it's okay this is a role you can play in your sleep but it's like and she's still got that because she's only been back for well about a month now isn't it just less than a month yeah and um so there's still some goodwill there, but I mean it's rapidly diminishing. I mean they screwed up a um, you know a bridge up spot, which is a spot I always associate with the Ricky Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat series in '89, and like you know if you can't do that spot, don't do just don't attempt it because we all know what it's supposed to look like, and he balls that up. That looked really amateur hour, Lynch and Naomi, and yeah, she was struggling a bit there. And um, it was really telling, wasn't it, Kenny, when Tiffany Stratton entered the chamber mm-hmm. and, like, people were just like, wow, the star has arrived. That was the response, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, she did so well. I mean, Tiffany Stratton, she ended up go- going out of the match third. Naomi was eliminated first by Stratton. Yeah. And then this, and then the second person eliminated was Stratton. But she had such a good show in those first few minutes. Those, those, she was in it for, like, I think, uh, when did she come in? She came in about five minutes in. Yeah, she that's right. Out. She was third in, yeah. And then she got put out like 22 minutes. She was in for about 15 minutes overall. Yeah. She did a lot of complicated stuff in there. A lot of stuff for her to remember. I mean, she was obviously, you know, I, I remember the first time I saw her in NXT, I was like, she's going to be a star. She's going to be a major player. And, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't difficult to predict that. You could just see she had it from the very beginning. And... She's obviously very attractive, which always helps. And, you know, the crowd were really into her as a baby face here. <laughs> and she, some of the stuff she does is kind of like the handspring elbow thing, or, you know, which she actually did it on Lynch and Naomi, and both of them look tremendous. And she got such power and precision. And she also can really take a beating. You can see she's fearless. You know, she was getting thrown around and bashed about and, thrown into the pods and you can see see that she can take it she's like just bring it on you know just lay those blows in you know i can take it 
and everything she does looks better as a result, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... like like the antithesis of indie Hartwell. <laughs> I mean, when you watch Tiffany Stratton, so I've I've ended up watching it twice because my other half he he was going out his pals. So he had only seen the first few minutes and he wanted to see the rest of this. And it's like you watch Tiffany Stratton, you would never believe that she's twenty four and that she's only been in this a couple of years, like. She's so good for how for where she, for where she is in terms of the everything looks good, nothing looked bad. There was not one thing that she did that looked bad. And yeah. there's people who've been doing this for 15 years, who, and some of the stuff looks a bit effy, but yeah. she just it's all tight. It looks really good. She looks like a million dollars. Sky is the limit for Tiffany. Um, let's talk about Raquel Rodriguez. She was obviously added in last. I thought she had a decent enough show and she wasn't a standout in it, but I thought that she had a respectable outing. What did you think? Yeah, yeah I, I I actually, you know, watched it when it was on live. I just watched it partway through and Raquel had just entered the cage. Mm-hmm. And I thought, has she turned heel? Because she mm-hmm. can't, people were kind of booing her and she was sort of acting a bit heelish. I was thinking, yes, it's <laughs> time. She's finally done it. And I don't think she actually had turned heel. No. Just a lot of people were just booing her, I think, because she was beating Tiffany Stratton up. And lots of people were booing Liv Morgan when she beat uh, Tiffany Stratton up as well. I mean, Liv, who was in fourth, I mean, she really, really laid it in to Stratton. And like she was just like, she went with it. You know, the fans were booing her. She didn't care. It's like, right, we're in a different country. Obviously, the rules are slightly different here. So I'm just going to play to the crowd. And that's what you're supposed to do as a professional wrestler, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're just supposed to make it work in the context of the match. You know, that's what you should be doing anyway. But yeah, I thought Raquel did well here. And, you know, she looked really powerful. I mean, at one point, Stratton, Lynch and Morgan attempted to pin Raquel at the same time and she kicked out. So that was a really big spot for her, you know, that she was able to kick out from three people covering her at the same time. And, um, yeah, I, th- I thought she had a good night. I mean, um, I thought she did really well here. Uh, and then Liv Morgan actually had a great night here. She was somebody who n- nobody expected was going to win, but she seemed to, when she was in, just kind of make her moments count and the crowd were, were behind her. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The great thing is she doesn't have that weight of expectation on her like she had in 2022. Yeah. when they made a champion too soon and it totally backfired on her. And you can see that it almost feels like that time off has been a blessing because when I thought she had a really good night at Royal Rumble, I thought she mm-hmm. looked like a star and she it was like she'd been working on her act tirelessly when she was out. And it's like she's now only doing things in the ring that she can do well, which is obviously what you're supposed to do. Um, and... Um, you know, it's like Ric Flair, you know, never did a drop kick. He just never did a drop kick. You think, well, Ric Flair could do anything. There's actually lots of things Ric Flair couldn't do in his prime. And he didn't do them because he didn't look good. He only did <laughs> the things he could do well. So, but I mean, yeah, I thought Liv did really well here, working the crowd, you know, it's plain face, plain heel um, when the occasion uh, required it. And um, yeah, it just feels to me like, strangely, like probably in about three or four months, she'll probably be ready to be champ. Maybe not a long reign, but a short reign. And I think next time round, I think she'll succeed in the role. Yeah, she. she if, if, if these two performances rumble and this are to go by, then 
you know, she's 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 really excelled. And then Bianca, did, did you uh, just sorry, we were just talking about uh, Liv Morgan. Did you about the referred to her WWE referred to her on? Was it the website or social media? Was was it Queen of Extreme? Oh yeah, Francine was not happy about this. Um, I believe it was in the video game. The video game was going to oh, be calling her the Queen of Extreme, and uh, Francine has has trademarked that. So that's that's we're not going to be hearing that again about Liv. Um, which you know, I mean, look, Francine, keep your gimmick. Fair enough, go for it. And you know, if the roles were reversed, WWE would be all over somebody if they were using a 100%. phrase, sort of term, but they trademark, wouldn't they? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's fair. Uh, Bianca Belair, she also had a pretty good night. She kind of had this like Princess Leia gear on that she'd made, and she was obviously uh, in there a long time. She got eliminated by um, she got eliminated in, at the end by Liv Morgan right before Liv Morgan got beat by Becky Lynch. But uh, yeah. what did you rate Bianca's night here? Yeah, I thought she did all right here. Yeah, I thought she. Um... You know, she came in last and, um, you know, people were behind her. And she again, she she really gave she really gave Tiffany Stratton a, a hiding in there. So, I mean, <laughs> everyone did. And, you know, Stratton got thrown into the pod. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, with Bel Air, now she's not the centre of attention anymore because I thought she was champ too long when she was champion last. 100%. You know, she is, you know, really, I'm really enjoying Bianca Belair again. And sometimes being champion, it's not the right thing for a wrestler's career. And it's only obvious when they're no longer, well, actually, sometimes it's obvious when they are champion, as in the case with Liv Morgan and certainly with Bianca towards the end. But oftentimes when you're in a challenger role, it can actually be really good for your career. Um, but I thought she did well here. Um, yeah, Liv ended up pinning Belair with a fluke roll-up, as we know, the most devastating move in all of pro wrestling. And then Lynch surprised Morgan with a manhandle slam for the one, two, three. So Becky Lynch won the match, as we predicted, Kenny. Yes, and then uh, the, and Becky Lynch did win it. So I guess overall then, how did you feel about, you know, Becky Lynch was very obviously the victor, but I thought this was a really strong chamber match overall. And I thought they all, they all did a really good job. To, well, all, most of them did. Um not Naomi, but uh, <laughs> the rest of them did a pretty good job here. And, you know, this match went 32 minutes. And the compliment I can give it is it didn't feel like it went 32 minutes. Which... I, I would agree. I mean, it was it whizzed by, didn't it? So much happening. I think everyone had the opportunity to shine here. You know, yeah. and, you know, Naomi, okay, she didn't have such a great night. but what It wasn't she... bad. It was, it was well, okay. Yeah, but... I mean, I think, you know, we've already gone into that, but... Give her props. She put Stratton over. Yep. And that was actually something she did that was very valuable, is that she's been around doing this since 2010. So, you know, 14 years this week, uh, this year, actually, was um, she was the women she introduced on NXT, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. She, yes. She's one of the Funkadactyls, one of Brodus Clay's Funkadactyls. Oh, yes. Of course. Or, uh... how, could, how could I forget? <laughs> Are you, but, yeah, you, you, you blocked out of your mind? Yeah. So the fact that she's, you know, a star there, has been doing this for a long time. The fact that Stratton pinned her was meaningful and was a big win for Stratton. And Stratton didn't need any more than that. You know, like, people were disappointed when Stratton was eliminated. But Stratton had done really well. And, you know, she's only just got there. And, you know, you never want to push someone too far too fast because it can potentially backfire on them 
So I think Naomi putting Stratton over, that was, you know, really consequential moment in the match. So, you know, she did have value, even if she was a bit rough around the edges in some of her sequences. Uh, so Becky Lynch goes on to WrestleMania. The next match on the show was the Judgment Day taking on New Catch Republic, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. He done this with the WWE Tag Team titles. I mean, the, when Dominic Mysterio grabbed the, the mic to try and introduce Judgment Day, the reaction he got was just incredible. I mean, <laughs> imagine two years ago somebody telling you that Dominic Mysterio would be this over. And I mean, has, you know, we, has, originally he was supposed to be on this show facing Brock Lesnar, but yeah. he got just as much out of the show by being the guy on the outside for the Judgment Day. So, oh yeah, he did yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but what, yeah, what did you make to you know? Because this is a big night for Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. They were obviously not going to be winning the title, so this was all about could they do a, put a good showing on it on in this match? Um, but they had a very hot crowd who were very uh, up for it. Yeah, I really liked um, the way the match was laid out. It was laid out to flatter Dunn and Bate uh, for the most part. They had. You know, the majority of the offense and uh, the new catch republic. I'm not really sure if I like that name for the team, Kenny. New catch republic. It's not what I think that the issue with it is it's not a very memorable name. So, no. like, if I'm not, if I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got it written down here, new catch republic. But if we were riffing and just chatting about something, I was trying to get it out of my brain and we weren't talking about them, I could see myself mucking up. Mm. You know, so. But I mean, yeah, they, they can change it if it if it doesn't if it doesn't go anywhere. If it doesn't catch on, hey. hey. <laughs> so actually, there's a. Did you see the sign in the crowd? John Sinile. Did you see that one, Kenny? I did not see that, but you know, as in John Sinile, John Sinile. <laughs> it's, 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 listen, you get no arguments from me. Yeah, that's Sinile, not as in Sinile. C e n i a l. I think so, people have got it. Yeah, we're, we're, yes. we're, we're there with you. John Cena yeah. is senile. Yes. Senile, yeah. So I enjoyed the match. I thought, it, I thought it was everything that it needed to be and actually a little bit more. And um, I thought Dunn and Bate really seemed like they were comfortable out there. And, you know, they did all the moves. And Balor and Priest were the perfect opponents for them because, you know, they sold so much, particularly Balor. I mean, our priest doesn't sell as much because he's a bigger guy. So, you know, you've got to temper your selling when you're a big guy because otherwise you just end up ruining, you know, your um, aura and, you know, your sense of being formidable and all that. So I thought Balor was, you know, really the star of this match, just working with Dawn and Bate and really just selling for them. Um, they used a move called the Birmingham, Birmingham Hammer, which is like, the, the old Kenta Kabashi burning hammer, but it's like a double team move. They use that on Priest and he kicked out and that looked really good. And, you know, I think there was people there who were willing to believe that Dunn and Bate might score the upset. I think, you know, they did enough to convince people or persuade people that, you know, the belts might change hands. I think there was suspension of disbelief there. And in the end, Balor pinned uh, Dunn uh, with a diving dual foot stomp. Um, after Priest had hit the, I think it was at South Heaven. Was it off the ropes? I think it was off the ropes, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was, yeah, yeah. Off the ropes, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a good match. You know, I thought, it, I thought it was a big, big success for all four. And, um, you know, Dom was hilarious doing the intros. You couldn't hear him, could you? You couldn't no. hear what he was saying, even though the house, even though the mic. 
And they actually, they actually had to black the screen, which I've never seen. I very rarely seen WWE do. They had to black the screen because everybody in the front row was flipping off Dom, <laughs> and it was too visible. There was Do- <laughs> Dom's a wanker chance. There was, it was great. So you know the the Australian fans definitely brought it. Out. You know, give them another PLE. Happily. Oh, well, Dom was at ringside as well, wasn't he? Like, you know, after he'd done an interference thing. And, uh, and then he's looking at Tyler Bate going, I'm smarter than you. And then Tyler yes. Bate tells the referee. <laughs> and then, she, you know, she's she's overplaying the whole, you know, you, 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 you're out of here. And it's very good. Um, we then had Austin Theory standing in the ring to introduce Grayson Waller. He did a couple of localised jokes, talking about how he tried Vegemite and it was terrible and... He had a blooming onion at the Outback Steakhouse, which I guess is an insult of some kind to go to the Outback Steakhouse when you're in Australia. But he introduces Grayson Waller and he comes out and he does a... He drinks a drink out of a shoe with a UFC fighter. Yeah, that was his gimmick, wasn't it, in NXT? Yes. So oh, pretend to drink Harvey's yes. shoe. Yeah. So we, he did this with UFC fighter Ty Tavaza. And anyway, so then he gets in the ring... They introduce Seth Rollins, who just looks insane. And then they introduce Cody Rhodes. And the whole gist of the segment was basically to give the people in the crowd the big stars. We got a little bit of storyline progression, not as much as I would like to have seen, but we did get Rollins saying that he's basically cleared any day now. And we got Cody Rhodes challenging The Rock to a match. And then in the end, we had Austin Theory getting beat up by them. So all in all, I think it was a pretty fun segment. Um... It, it didn't advance things too much, but the crowd the crowd in Perth seemed to love it. What did you make of the segment? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, you know, Cody Rhodes just sort of, I think it was probably a bit of a letdown for Cody, I'm sure for Seth Rollins as well, after the, you know, excitement and drama in Las Vegas. I mean, mm. how could, I, mean I don't know if they're ever going to top that. They're probably never going to top that. I hope they do, but that's going to be a tall order to top that. And... Um, so they were there, and it was it was kind of a night off, wasn't it, really, for them? You didn't really have to try that hard. And uh, we had Austin Theory stealing the mic from Grayson, who's really upset. And then when um, Cody and Rollins beat Theory down, you know, Waller doesn't help, so because he's the local face, of course. And, you know, I think this was... I do worry for, for Austin Theory, because he was doing really well two years ago, and he hasn't really done a whole lot since, since WrestleMania in 2022. And he's obviously can do everything. And I'm not quite sure why they're not doing more with him. So, I mean, this was a good night for him, Him, I guess. He got beaten up and he was relevant. People were talking about him. Um, and Waller, you know, was cheered and seemed like a star. So, yeah, I mean, it was okay. I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from it to be honest with you. And um, I think it probably delivered as much as I thought it was going to. Uh, well, let's move on to the men's elimination chamber, which was, you know, felt very big time. We started it with Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Logan Paul and Randy Orton in the pods. And then we had uh, Drew McIntyre and Ellie Knight kicking off. Um, let's go through So how did, uh, in terms of who had a good night, uh, let's talk about, we'll go Bobby Lashley first. How was his night here? Well, he had been injured, hadn't he, in an angle on SmackDown by Karrion Cross. So he went into it, into the match with his arm all bandaged up because he'd been struck with a chair by Karrion Cross. 
so he was selling that and that was kind of his excuse for being eliminated um yeah i mean i don't know really I mean, I'm down on Bobby Lashley at the moment because he's stuck with Karrion Cross, and we don't need to spend any more time talking about that. So, I mean, I thought Logan Paul did well here. I thought he had a really, really good night. And he must have been elated when he found out what was going to happen here. Because, you know, he thinks the world of Randy Orton. He really looks up to him. We know this because he had it on his show back in December. And he really just like is in awe of who Alton is and what he's done and what he can do. So this was a great night for Logan Paul, actually, wasn't it, Kenny? Even though he didn't win. Well, even I mean, even when he was in his pod and he was, you know, he was drawing like stuff on his pod, talking about how Kevin Owens sucks. Like he, he even kept like his 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 vest on when he was in the yeah. pod, and then commentary would start talking about it. How does this guy get wrestling so quickly? Like even in the moments where he's in a pod, he's still making sure that people are talking about him and that yeah. people are, and and not in a way that feels like he's being disrespectful to the other competitors in the match. You know, he, by writing the stuff that Kevin Owens, he's bringing Owens into the the gimmick. Um, it's an he's it's almost annoying how good he is at, at all of this because he's just nailed it. And yeah. by the end of it, when he obviously had that moment with Randy Orton, you were going. Yeah, that that feels like a WrestleMania match. He does. You know, and yeah. it, poor Kevin Owens, because he probably isn't going to be involved now, but I mean, Orton needed a big match. Logan Paul feels big. And I think that the, the stuff they can do on the mic will be interesting, because I could see Orton really having some fun with that. Oh, definitely, yeah. And the thing, I think the difference now with the current creative regime, and certainly with Logan Paul, is... Maybe they'll be scripting some stuff for him, but I think a lot of what he's doing, he they're just going to say, you just be you, because we can't write you better than you can, you know, narrate you. Yeah. Because he's obviously got his own character, which he's playing in WWE. So it, it's not like it. they're going to be coming up with, like, you know, dialogue for him that doesn't fit his character. So I think they're just saying, just you just do what you think works on the night and what matches your character and i think that is a huge part of the reason he's been so successful is that they're not trying to pigeonhole him or make him say and do things that his character wouldn't say or do i think it's just that simple and also we talked about at the time when he was a face just all wrong and he he worked that out it's like listen this is i need to be a heel people don't like me and i need to just go with it and that was the other you know big turning point for him but I mean, he was he was tremendous here. I thought Paul. I mean, you know, he had the brass nooks there, and he's got them out, and he's holding them up so everyone in the big venue could see them. And he's just, oh, I'm going to use these, and I'm going to knock someone out. I'm going to win this thing. And the camera work was perfect, and it was right there. Yeah. And it was the RKO from out of nowhere, <laughs> and that was just that was just you know beautifully set up and shot. And that's something WWE does so well. So Orton hits the RKO on Logan Paul, eliminates Logan Paul, and then Paul re-enters the chamber, drills Orton with the brass knucks, and that's the ending. Drew scores the pin, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew, I mean, it was. they said it was warm there. They said it was actually cooler on Saturday than it had been, and just as well. I mean... 
How much weight must Drew must have lost in that match just in sweat alone? I mean, he must have lost a ton of weight. He was just, I've never seen him look so exhausted. Um, and yeah. all, you know, due to the heat. And it was such a long, grueling match as well, right? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I I was so impressed though, overall with this match, but how they, how they set things up. Like Ellie Knight, for example, we knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah. And he's he's in there first and they're going, right, what are they going to do? With, because, you know, in the old regime, I know we talk about this quite a lot, but in the old regime, Ellie Knight would have been pinned and out of this match and forgotten about. That would have been the booking. He would yeah. not have been factored in any... For, I mean, he'd, probably, he'd be lucky to be in this match in the old regime, to be honest. But but in this, it was like, he, he got out of the match because of AJ Styles. Because AJ came in and obviously, you know, battered him with a chair. So you basically set up your WrestleMania match there for Ellie Knight and AJ Styles, which, you know... We're not exactly going to be doing, you know, backflips of excitement at AJ Styles, but I mean, it's something for LA Knight to do, and that and that's and that's good. But I like the fact they had that going on. They had the Orton and Logan Paul stuff, like you mentioned. Bobby Lashley was there. Uh, Kevin Owens did well, even though he's not really got a direction at the moment. I think you mentioned a heel turn for him. I think that's probably going to be on the cards for him yeah. pretty soon. Um, I actually wouldn't be annoyed at Kevin Owens. Uh, turning to maybe doing something with Braun Breaker at WrestleMania, if that's if there's not much else for Braun Breaker to do, Owens is Owens is very good at getting people over and and working with people, so maybe that's the way to go. I don't know, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And- I could go for that. Yeah, I like the sound of that. And Owens is somebody who who will you know give Braun you know a challenge. You know, can do he can do everything. Can Owens and um, you know it would be a really competitive match. Obviously, Breaker's going to win, um, but I think it could be good for both of them. And then Owens as a heel, maybe he reunites with Sami Zayn after Sami Zayn turns. Yeah, I mean, because there's loads you can do. You know, you can kind of have the story of Braun Breaker. You know, even if Logan Paul and Kevin Owens have a TV match and Kevin Owens loses, and somehow you know Braun Breaker comes out to make the save or something, and Kevin Owens he, he main evented WrestleMania, now he's not on the show, and Braun Breaker's getting all this attention. And then if, Kevin, if this run from Kevin Owens does well and Cody wins the belt, Cody and Owens can be a programme. Yeah. Because there's loads they can do. So I think that might be the, the, the direction of travel. But all in, they, they put all this stuff in there so that when Drew McIntyre did win in the end, it didn't feel like... You know, we knew it was going to happen. It was obvious. But it didn't feel like it was just a lazy way to get there. Because by having Logan Paul, once he got eliminated from Randy Orton, come back in... Do that brass knucks punch, McIntyre pins Orton, and you know, Michael Cole shout, not like this, not like this. It was it was really good. I was really I really enjoyed it. And I thought that Drew I mean Drew's in, this has got to be the hottest period of his career by by far for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even uh, even to, even hotter than that, winning that rumble against because even though he won that rumble in twenty twenty, this has been a sustained excellent work for months. You know, it's it's been constant. So He's done really well. Um, yeah, I agree. I did want to give a quick shout out to Artris. I don't know if you saw Artris' video at the weekend. No. Where, um, he had travelled to Austria for the Elimination Chamber because he got it wrong. I mean, you just think, what? How clever is that that he just like comes up with this stuff where you can just put a video on social media and then people will be talking about him? So, um, I'll, I'll make a point of watching that. Uh, but I think overall, though, I mean, Elimination Chamber got me a, a thumbs up show. Pretty much. Oh, we haven't we haven't done the main event yeah. yet. But I mean, just in general, oh, even right. even at this point, like you you after the two chambers, 
and the, the the tag title match, at that point you could have gone home happy. They'd given you so much stuff. But then they do something new. They do something that they've not done since WrestleMania 37, really, which is have in a stadium two women headline the show. And we talked in the lead up about how Nia Jackson, Rhea Ripley, it was going to be a big test for Rhea to see if she could get it done, a big test for Nia to see if she could keep up. So yeah. how did they do, Finn? Well, I mean, I thought they did okay. I was, I mean, the match, the layout of the match all made sense. I mean, Nia was really rough in Rhea Ripley up, wasn't she? I mean, at one point she grabbed her and one of her earrings came out. And like, she was just like slamming her around and roughing her up in the corner. And I was thinking, well, presumably this has all been agreed in advance. The idea being that, you know, the 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 the, the worse and, you know, the, the harder the beating that Naya inflicted upon Rhea, the more heroic Rhea would look when she recovered from it and then scored the pin. That's, you know, that is the concept of pro wrestling. You know, oftentimes we don't see that in matches, do we? No, no, <laughs> it's not we not really that hard to get your head round, but it requires someone selling, you know, the thing I'm always <laughs> banging on about. And Rhea sold loads in this match, didn't she? Yeah. She really she seemed very vulnerable out there. And it was very different for her to, in fact, they mentioned it on commentary, that they'd never seen Rhea this tested in this much trouble since a match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania last year, which I think is a fair, I think that was a fair comment from the, uh, from the announcers. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways that's kind of a bit of an indictment of, you know, how poor a reign has been. I mean, it was not, she, she just needed better opponents, didn't she? Yeah. She didn't really have that many like stellar matches in a reign last year. When you think about it, I mean, there was no. a Zelina Vega one was an unexpected hit. But, I mean, you tell me another match she had last year that was really, you know, really, you know, amazing. There wasn't I think the fact, the, fact that they, the fact that the Zelina Vega one is the most memorable is kind of the most telling thing you could say about it. Because the, although that was, you know, a fun moment in, in Puerto Rico, that should not have been... But she just didn't have the opponents, I feel like, to... No, at that no point she didn't. And, and I really hope that... You know, she has the opponents, you know, this year, uh, assuming she retains the belt against Becky Lynch, which she may not. Um, but, I mean, it was, um, yeah, at one point, um, Naya hit two power bombs and a leg drop for a near fall. And Rhea really looked like she was she was struggling out there and that she was in the fight of her life, which was the match story. And it was the story that they ought to have told and did tell. Um, I think I was maybe expecting a little bit more from it than it delivered. But I yeah. think it was still really well put together. And in the end, you know, Rhea, you know, kept making comebacks and the crowd were behind her. And she finally hit the riptide for the one, two, three, which was the only finish that they could have booked in that spot on the card on a show from Perth, Australia. So it all made sense. Um, it wasn't quite as good as Naya's match with ronda rousey i don't think i don't think it was quite as dynamic as that no but i think it was still pretty good yeah i think that they i think they they deserved the spot based on what we got like it was like i think where they were they're in australia ria's family in the front row and i think the story like you say the story they told was really good it had naya as the monster i thought naya did step up here in terms of being able to keep up with ria enough to be i mean you wouldn't put this match on wrestlemania 
But to put it on this show and to have it be on last, I felt it was a good move. And I think it's good for Rhea. It's good for her to have this kind of accolade that she's done this. And yeah, people people really seem to enjoy it. And I'm curious what happens with Naya now. You know, maybe she maybe she finds someone to get a team again. I don't know what she's going to do next, but mm. uh, it'll be intriguing because, you know, I mean, at, at WrestleMania, there's there's quite a few women who are over who are not doing anything. Yeah. Is, Bia- is Bianca going to be doing anything? Is Nia going to be doing anything? Is Liv Morgan going to be doing anything? There's there's people that we we don't really know where they're slotted yet, so I'm guessing that will yeah. come in the next few weeks. But um, I mean, I think it was the right decision also in hindsight not to book uh, Jade Cargill in Elimination Chamber. Yeah. We talked about that before the show. And it absolutely was because she she of course couldn't win. It was this was Becky Lynch's night. I mean, in some ways, maybe I was slightly disappointed that Becky Lynch didn't come out afterwards to confront Rhea, but I think they thought, well, this is Rhea's night. So if Be- if Becky, if we send Becky out to the ring, play her music, then we're diluting, you know, Rhea's moment. You know, she has to then share it with someone else. But I think had that happened and they had that confrontation, maybe, maybe that would have been better than what they did give us. I, I don't know. It's it, I can understand why they did what they did. Because yeah. they thought, well, we can just do that on Raw, which they can, can't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Raw, Raw will be quite interesting tonight to see where everyone's headed because now we, there's, there's nothing else before WrestleMania. So now we're now we're fully on the road to seeing what we're going to get. So, I mean, overall, That's... Elimination Chamber, what are your summary thoughts? I mean, it was, it was a very predictable show in the sense that it didn't yeah. really provide anything that, that was, we weren't expecting, but... I mean, I guess that's kind of the point in some ways, right? Because, you know, it's, it was one of my other half's friends asked me a question. He said, do you know who's going to win all these matches on this show? And I said, well, yes. <laughs> but but in WrestleMania, we probably won't know who's going to win them all. And that's really what you're building it towards. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I was, I mean, I'm doing the write-up for this in the ITR magazine. and. Mm-hmm. This might seem like a bit of a lame title, but it does work. And I'm probably going to call it No Surprises. Because <laughs> there weren't any, were there? <laughs> no, there, there, there wasn't. And I'm a big believer in when you go, sometimes when, you do, when you're writing an article, you'll try and come up with a title that's clever, that doesn't really match what you've written. But you're like, well, it's a great title. But yeah, it doesn't match what you're writing or the show or the, <laughs> the content of the show or, or your review of the show. And therefore... It's like irrelevant, isn't it? So yeah. it's, it's it doesn't work, does it? You, it's it doesn't describe what you're writing. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good show. I mean, yeah, there was only what was the five matches, including the pre-show match. Yeah. Didn't need any more matches than that, did it? No, it just didn't. it was plenty long, a lot long enough. The main show was I think three hours thirty three minutes. So including, you know, the highlights at the end. So, um, yeah, it didn't need any more to it. There was, you know, I don't think anyone when the show ended could have felt short change because there was so much action, lots of storyline advancements, which is, you know, what we always want. And like you say, well, there was no surprises, but everything on the show made sense, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I, I saw, because I saw, I, I mentioned this when I spoke to Sondra as well. I saw someone had on Twitter reposted a thing from Reddit where it said that, you know, 
Elimination Chamber was a four and a half hour show that only had one hour and 55 minutes worth of wrestling. And it's like, well, that's not technically true because, and I think they were talking about, you know, the people in the building, you know, they only got an hour and 50 minutes of wrestling. It's like, if you go to a WWE show, you know what you're going to get. You know what, what WWE provide. You know that there, there's going to be some wrestling. There's going to be some promo stuff. There's going to be some talking segments. There's going to be video pack. There's going to be a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, but then, you know, if you go and see AEW, for example, you are going to get tons of wrestling matches constantly. And yeah. people who want to see that, that's where they're going to go. And that's great that they can go there and get that. And it's great that people who go to WWE shows can get their stuff. But as someone who's been to a lot of live shows, what I will say is the upside of the these, you know, breaks, I guess, from in-ring action is that you can go and get a beer or you can go to the toilet or you can go to, you know, check out the merch stand. You know, you can have a rest. You can have a rest, you know, because then it's like you're kind of being, you know, you're getting to have a rest before the next thing comes on. Like Elimination Chamber, I never felt any point exhausted by what was on. And I always compared it to WrestleMania 35, which was one of the most exhausting live experiences I've ever had. And I never would want to have it again, which was seven hours of yeah. just constant stuff. But here it was, I mean, if you look at that crowd, that crowd were very happy. Through what, through what they got. So I think that it's a, it was a success. And also, I think that something that's a good indicator is that this show was completely built around full-timer people. Yeah. There was nobody, there was no Brock Lesnar on it, there was no Rock, there was no Roman. And if you can start doing stuff like that without having to rely on those people, then it will mean that we hopefully won't go back to the part-time arena again. Exactly. I mean, even Logan Paul. I mean, he wrestled on SmackDown, didn't he? And the Friday before last. Yep. And he's almost almost feels like a full time. And I know he's not. He's obviously not doing house shows. But I mean, he has been around a lot. And, um, you know, he didn't dominate the match. He obviously wasn't going to win it. And, um, you know, played an integral part in, you know, Orton pinning him and then Drew pinning Orton. So we now know what Logan Paul and Orton are going to be doing at WrestleMania. They're going to be having a match with each other, which does feel really big, as you said earlier. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like another big part of WWE as well is the entrances. That's a huge part of going to see a big budget, you know, show. It's like, you know, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not, you know, I actually don't mind. Some of her tracks actually think, you know, some of her tracks are really good. And, you know, she's the biggest, biggest star in the world in terms of entertainment. And she deserves a success. But I imagine if you're going to see her show, it's the costume changes, it's the lights, it's the dance. It's a package, isn't it? It's not just the numbers. It's not no. just the songs. Yeah. But so, you it's know, just, similar to your point, but what's, what's good is if you go and see Taylor Swift, that's what you expect, right? Yeah. But if you go and see Bruce Springsteen, you know he's going to have you there for three hours and he's going to play every known track imaginable. But you kind of know that going in. And you, you see, so you know what kind of thing you're you're gonna get. So, I think that you know, for what for what for, I mean, when we when we were reading it about a month ago, going right, there's gonna be no Brock, there's gonna be no Roman, there's gonna be no Gunther. Like, what are they gonna do? And they just kind of gave you a good show. And the cha- I thought both the chamber matches over delivered. And yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they did a really good job. So the next time we come to you talking about PLE is going to be WrestleMania, which is very exciting. So uh, probably what will happen is we'll record our WrestleMania review on the Monday, I would think. 
of that that weekend. I'll still be in Philadelphia, but we don't want to make you guys wait uh, too much longer. So if we can do it on the Monday, we will. We'll, we'll obviously yeah. talk about that amongst ourselves. But um, yeah, it's, but before that, you can always join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes because in just about three weeks' time, we'll be covering WrestleMania 20. <laughs> where it all begins again, Finn. That yeah. was the tagline. Yeah, I, I've only watched that show once in its entirety. I've watched, gone back and watched matches. Yeah, I've never watched the whole thing. You mean you've not, you've not on an evening when you've been just bored thought, I'll just watch the two four way tag team matches from WrestleMania Twenty. <laughs> oh, that was a strange show, wasn't it? Some of it was really good, and some of it wasn't. Some of it was just awful. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a real. A real page turner for you to to go through with us. Um, yeah, those shows always odd, aren't they? Where you because like now there's more consistency in WWE, isn't there, than there was back then? Far yes. more consistency, and like it's not often that you get like a number of bad matches. You might get one, um, but I mean the consistent. It's so much more consistent now than it was back then in terms of the quality of the overall show. So. Um, yeah, WrestleMania 20. I'm really looking forward to actually watching it again, particularly Goldberg versus Les now with Austin as the ref. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I don't know why, but, you know, sometimes, you know, I always say, you know, if it's going to be bad, let it be diabolically bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will watch that social experiment in its entirety. Uh, but yes, thank you for all your support, everybody. Uh, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. You can go... The new issue is out, issue 42 is out on Thursday, the 29th, but uh, you can go and pre-order your copy now at InsideTheRoatsMagazine.com or you can go and pick up the Power Slam yearbook 1994 at Um Do go hey, check It's a good out. job, isn't it, Kelly? Can I just chime in here? Uh-huh. It's a good job I didn't reveal on the podcast who the cover star of the next volume Oh, I know. Well, the good... The good thing is, I think, because you initially had a cover star, right? You, yes. you were going to tell me off there. And you did tell me, and it changed. But I do think that the pe- the person that it's changed to and what it's going to look like is way better than yes. what was going to be. Better. So you've upgraded it, is really, is what you've It's done. an upgrade, Kenny. And people don't even know what the upgrade is, but it's an upgrade. I know. There you go. Uh, and yeah, maybe once once the next one's out, we can maybe reveal to people who what the original idea was. People might be in- in- interested to hear. Uh, that kind of behind the curtain stuff so yeah. Um, but yeah wanna thank you for all your support everybody and let's channel all of our positive vibes to Finn and hope that he can be Velux one more time tomorrow and not have to think about it ever again tired of hearing about my Velux windows Kenny and they'll be as relieved as I am and probably you will be when it's, <laughs> the job is finished <laughs> Hopefully the job is finished by the next time we speak to you later this week. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.